This episode of the ACB Advocacy Update has been made possible in part through the support of ACB of Minnesota. You're listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the ACB Advocacy Update. I am one of your hosts, Clark Rockfall the Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs. And I am Swapananda Kumar. I am another host, um, ACB's Advocacy and Outreach Specialist. And thank you to everyone who is downloading, streaming, uh, subscribing, and reviewing via your favorite podcast player, as well as everyone listening over ACB Media and the ACB Media Network. As always, if you want to learn more about ACB, you can visit www.acb.org. And if you want to get in touch with Swatha and me, please email us at advocacy at acb.org. All right, Swatha. Well, what are we talking about here today? Alt text. And our guests today are Kelly Gask, our very own, and Nolan Tro. Hello, guys. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having us. Yeah. So, Nolan, uh, who are you and what do you do? So my name is Nolan Tro. I am a documentary photographer, filmmaker, writer, um, just overall, I guess you could classify me as an artist, but I've been um, focusing on stories either in or surrounding uh, the disability community now for um, coming up on five years as a, I had a spinal cord injury back in 2016 and been pretty involved um, in storytelling in the community ever since then. And Nolan, you uh, learned of ACB just what, a, a year or so ago? I know you and I had the opportunity to present together on a panel uh, along with Verizon Media and Getty Images coming out of the work that they collaborated on with the Disability Collection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was, yeah, when was that? That was a, yeah about a year and change. So yeah, um, yeah. It was, I'm glad that I learned about you all and what you guys are doing. Yes, uh, the the pandemic has warped time and space. <laughs> yeah, uh, indeed. That's funny. Oh. Kelly Gass, who are you? Um, so I am the multimedia design specialist for the American Council of the Blind, and I worked here for about uh, over six years now. Um, I handle a lot of um, our social media needs, uh, as well as a lot of the graphic design work that we do. So any sort of, you know, imagery or anything that we put out uh, through ACB, I usually have my hands on it. So Kelly, where can folks find ACB on social media? Um, so, you know, uh, on Twitter, we're ACB national. We're also ACB national on Instagram as well. Uh, if you look up American council of the blind on LinkedIn and Facebook, uh, you will also find us there. So usually if you look for ACB, you'll be able to find us. And on ACB social media, is this strictly text posts? Absolutely not. <laughs> we do a lot of uh, images and um, interactive posts. We do a lot of videos um, for many of you that have joined us for our conventions and other events that have happened since the pandemic. We've been utilizing video a ton 
um, to really reach as many audiences as we can. So we do all sorts of stuff on social media. And Swatha, you kicked us off by saying that today's conversation is about alt text. Uh, for, well, for those who don't know, I know many of us are familiar with alt, alt text, but for those of us who don't know, how, how would you describe alt text? Yeah, so alt text is uh, um, like it's a text, um, the kind of text that describes images on, on an image. So um, for those of us screen readers, um, it like when you click an image, it sort of provides, provides the text on the, what, the, what the image is or what it depicts. So um, Kelly can talk more about it too. That's your job. It's yeah, good. yeah. So essentially, you know, when you've got uh, anything that uses assistive technology, so a screen reader, for instance, uh, when it scrolls through a document or a web page, um, alt text is a way that you describe an element, the elements of an image, so that screen reader users can gain the same understanding as uh, uh, you know, somebody who is fully sighted and can, can actually see the image. So that way they're not missing out on uh, any of the details that that images, image provides. Um, so essentially, you know, if you have an image, um, you would wanna give some pertinent details <laughs> to like some abbreviated details so that people would understand what's going on in that image. And Nolan, as a, a creative as an artist, how do you think of alt text? Well, I think of alt text as, well, first off, just being a way to be inclusive because something that made me really want to start using alt text was when I realized there were like millions of people who couldn't um, even like technically like see my image or know what my image would look like because I didn't provide alt text or like photo de caption descriptions. Um, so like my main motivation is just to make the world a more accessible place and to not have my art be exclusive. I think like it kind of is like the antithesis of art is exclusivity. I think, you know, art should be open source and, you know, as many people should be able to access it as possible. Um, and then I guess on the other side too, it's like, I also want, as many people as possible to know what I'm doing as far as, you know, my goals and my missions within uh, not just my artistic endeavors, but any sort of like activism I'm doing within the disabled community and such. So, you know, for a lot of creative people, um, I, I mean, I think the motivation should just be to, to make work accessible, but on the other hand, um, you know, a lot of creative people are missing out on an entire audience of millions of people who, you know, you know, don't get to really digest their work. Um, so for me, it's important to to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I hear that. Um, so you mentioned like how millions of people kind of miss out on um, artwork and on like the images that are beauty of it and they're um, just like impact, impact moves. Um, so you originally reached out to ACB um, to collaborate on our project to um create and can you tell us about that and um why why why, why that was yeah totally um so i mean there's a few different things that inspired me to reach out to acb um the first thing was that once i, I guess it's kind of like once you 
you know, see like one side of something, you can't unsee it. So it's like, once I realized how few people actually use alt text or write detailed photo descriptions, um, I mean, I just couldn't like go back from that. So now, you know, I, I just really wanted to see people in my community utilizing that more because as a photographer, as a visual artist, everything we do relies on like imagery. Um, and so it was kind of, well, not, it, it is concerning that almost no artists that I see in my feed are utilizing alt text or writing photo detailed photo descriptions. Um, and so that was kind of like the first thing that, um, inspired me to reach out to ACB was just to create more awareness around it. Um, the second thing was, is that I had, um, different businesses and foundations, uh, reaching out to me on Instagram that were, they were approaching me and asking me how to do alt text correctly. And, you know, I feel like I have a pretty good handle on it now, um, as I've been practicing for a while now and I've, I've, you know, kind of done my research and, you know, I've got to talk to people like Clark and, um, others. And, but I guess I was just kind of thinking like, I don't know why (laughs) I'm the one that these places are going to, um, if anyone, they should be reaching out to someone who is in, uh, like the, the visual impairment community or the blind community. Like I'm, I'm disabled, but I'm a wheelchair user. Um, so I'm not really coming at it from an expert in like visual impairments as far as disability goes. So I, I thought it was just kind of like funny that, you know, because I'm disabled, I'm a wheelchair user. People are just like, Oh, well, no one has a disability. So we'll reach out to him on how to do alt text. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's, like I said, I think I have a pretty good grip on it. So I was, I've been able to, you know, kind of explain to people like what it is and how it works and, you know, what a screen reader is and how alt text is actually working and, you know, why it's important to, um, you know, use alt text and to write detailed photo descriptions. But um, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I really wanted to create some sort of video series with ACB because, yeah, like I said, it was kind of uh, a red flag to me that people were reaching out to me for this kind of thing. Um, and so I was thinking, you know, there should be some some resource out there that's easily accessible and that's open source and that people can um, consult if they do have these kind of questions instead of like direct messaging me on Instagram to ask for help. Um, you know, and so I thought, well, you know, it's one thing if if I would try to make some video, but you know, I, I think having someone like ACB behind the video series just gives it a level of, um, what's the word, like credibility. So if, if, you know, if ACB puts their stamp on like, hey, this is, this is our like YouTube playlist for alt text or captioning and why it's important, then, you know, yeah, it gives it a, a level of credibility that I, I wouldn't feel like as a, a lone person putting my stamp on saying, yes, this is the industry standard of how you should do it. And this is why this is important because I'm not part of a blind community first off. So I only know so much about it. 
And second off, yeah, it's nice to, um, it would be nice to include an organization like ACB in this because you do have that level of credibility and that reach. And um, so, yeah, I think if, if it was to be done with any organization, ACB is probably the one to do it. And I just, I saw like a big, I, not I saw, I see a big gap in this mm-hmm. because like I said, I'll scroll through my feed and I'll just for the sake of it, click on, you know, the read more button or whatever, just to see if people do it. And to be honest, I can't even think of one instance in which I've noticed someone using um, like the photo descriptions or alt text, even when I've just turned on my accessibility features just to scroll through and see. So I think that in itself is, um, you know, it's a sign that something like that, needs to be out there and um yeah i thought why not acb should should be the ones to to put this forward um so yeah for sure and nolan you mentioned that in your um on through your social media accounts you see the posts of a lot of other um artists or creative professionals right are these individuals are these folks attached to like large publishing houses or companies uh, or is it just a mix of everyone across the board i mean it's basically everybody um yeah. like it's individuals it's foundations it's organizations it's brands and corp- like you know i mean it, it's and i guess that's why it was so um that's why i felt so inclined to write you an email about this because i was i mean i i just I'm like, I don't get why this, this thing isn't being used at all. And like, I guess, you know, it's like, I guess the argument against accessibility, which has always been the argument against accessibility, which is a silly argument is that like, oh, well, you know, it's not like that many people who use it or whatever, you know, like we don't need, for instance, in my situation to put an elevator here because, you know, only X, this many of people will actually utilize it and it's too expensive or it's too time consuming or whatever. Um, and I just think like in today's day and age or just any time, I mean, it's just kind of like, it's inexcusable because all of the tools are there and it really doesn't take all that much effort to include all text or to write a photo description. So mm-hmm. I just think it's kind of at the point where, yeah, it's a little, it's just concerning to me. I'm like, I just don't get why people don't use it more. And I, you know, I'm not totally innocent either, you know, until I really uh, got to know Clark and doing the Getty thing and kind of dipping my toes into more of the disabled community, because like I said, I'm a wheelchair user. So for so long, my vision of like disability was so like narrowly focused in on like ambulatory disabilities um, that even for like, even me for a long time, I, I didn't utilize photo descriptions or alt text because it wasn't even something that I really thought about at all or was educated about or no, I, it was just something that, yeah, I, I didn't, no one had ever like brought up to me or talked about. And then, yeah, like when I um, did that talk with Clark and we were talking more about people with visual impairments, I was like, Oh, okay. Like if I'm going to be, like really all about accessibility it can't just be from you know the standpoint of elevators and stairs and curb cuts and this kind of thing like i have to try and make my work 
as universally accessible as possible. Um, and, you know, I'm not perfect. I still have a long ways to go in making my work uh, all the way accessible. I think all text and, uh, you know, photo descriptions is just one small thing that people can do. And it's something that I've tried to adopt um, or I have adopted. And, you know, I'm still figuring out, you know, how I can make my video work more. I make some, I've started to make short films. So I'm thinking about, all right, well, how can I make those accessible? And um, going through my website and thinking, okay, is my website fully accessible and, and things like that. So, you know, I think ex- asking people to use alt text and photo descriptions is just like, it's not that big of a reach. And I think it's something small that anyone can do to make the world a more accessible place. And uh, so, yeah. I think I just went on some long random tension there, <laughs> but um, so, I hope, hopefully that answered the question. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Ellie, whenever I come down the hall in the ACB office and, and knock on your door, you're just hanging out, scrolling through social media every day, uh, almost like it's your job or something. So it has what Nolan has been saying. Does that resonate with you with what you see on social media or online as well? I mean, I think just from my perspective, you know, we do work with a lot of organizations that, you know, are specifically for people with vision impairments, and they tend to do a pretty good job of, you know, adding alt text to their, uh, you know, their, the social media stuff that they're doing. I have the issue though, I don't use a screen reader, right? So like, I don't even run into that hurdle most of the time of, you know, finding alt text or not, but Um, I have found um, that (laughs) there are situations where, you know, I've asked, you know, Clark or Swath, I wanted you to take a look at something because I've wanted to share something on behalf of another organization, but they don't have alt text in their post. So why, why would we share any content that's not accessible? Because that way it's excluding people who, you know, use assistive technology that, um, you know, utilize our social media pages. So it's really frustrating when that happens, because you're like, it's, it's it, like Nolan was saying, it's such an easy step, it just takes a second. And if you, you know, know how to do it, if it wasn't so hidden, it might be a little bit easier. But um, it's, it's just something that you can do to make your content accessible for everyone. Mm-hmm. One of the things I like on LinkedIn, using a, a screen reader, it on LinkedIn, they'll kind of call out a post, right? So if there's an image, it'll just automatically say no alt text available. Mm. If, if it has not been added to the image, you know, they, they might've added and, you know, it, yeah. yeah, they might've added a uh, image description in the comments. Um, but if they haven't used the alt text field, um, it'll, the post will, call them out. Your screen reader will read it automatically. No alt text available. Mm. And I, I will go back to people, you know, might message them personally or shoot them a text and say, Hey, you know, great post. My screen reader saying you didn't put in any alt text with that image. You know, why are you leaving me hanging? Right. Well, that's good to know. Good job for LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we met to like, the content of the of alt text like um I guess Kelly and Nolan like um how do you approach it how do you like write it and like what do you do you have guidance or guidelines or anything that for that 
Well, I know Nolan and I kind of use alt text in different ways because it's different subject matter. I mean, yes, it's an image description, but um, you know, the way th that I use alt text is a little bit more straightforward because he uses his his imagery is more artistic than ours. Um, I know that when I, I first started with ACB, um, I knew nothing about alt text. I knew nothing about screen readers. Um, <laughs> it was definitely a really good learning experience for me. And gradually over the six years that I've been here, um, I've been learning a lot more about, you know, um, what, what is appropriate, uh, what people, you know, like, you know, I've actually, we have many members that I've spoken to um, about what their preference is. So for me, you know, a lot of the graphics that we use are, are like I was saying, pretty straightforward. So when I'm writing alt text for my purposes, I try to keep stuff pretty short and sweet, right? Like if somebody's trying to navigate through a web page or a document, they don't want to come to an image that, you know, it's, it's a picture of the Capitol at sunset, but, you know, it's a picture of a Capitol with 25 people and three dozen birds in the sky and 10 steps in front of it, you know, like there's some information that you, you don't really need to hear. So a lot of my stuff is pretty brief and pretty straightforward. Um, mm. Depending on, for instance, like our annual report, we have instances where we use things like pie charts and those are a lot more detailed um, because, you know, you have different percentages and different categories that you list. But um, generally speaking for my purposes, I try to be pretty succinct and only uh, call out the really pertinent details um, so that somebody who's using a screen reader isn't just listening on and on and on to this description. Um, but as I stated, Nolan, Nolan's uh, situation is a little bit different than ours because he's, a, he's an artist, so. Yeah, definitely. I've actually run into um, some difficulty just with using alt text because I think could be wrong here but i think on instagram is mostly what i use and i think you're limited to like 150 characters on instagram or something like that maybe i don't know if it's if that's actually changed or not but for a while it was hard for me to write um all text because yeah a lot of my images are more artistic and there's a lot going on and i think when you are coming at it from a more artistic point of view, it's not as simple as um, a sunset in front of the Capitol building. It's like, you know, there's this whole image and it's important that people can read as much of that image as possible to get the meaning across because a lot of, especially the more recent work I've been doing has been more conceptual and metaphorical so to try and get all of that across in, you know, a certain amount of characters is pretty hard. Um, so a lot of times I'll default to just writing a really detailed photo caption description um, in, in the post itself. Um, because I found the alt text can be kind of limiting if you're coming at it from like a really artistic standpoint. And I, the other thing is I don't, I haven't, um, I mean, the only social media I really use is Instagram. Like I'm not really on LinkedIn all that much or Facebook even anymore, or I don't have TikTok or any of that stuff. So I'm not sure uh, if there's limits to characters on, on that stuff um, on other 
uh, platforms. But um, yeah, for me, I, I err on the side of trying to do as much detail as I can with my images because yeah, I feel like for what my aim is and my purpose is with them, like I want people to really be able to read as much of the image as possible. Um, now I know, like you said, you know, obviously the visual impair and blind community like isn't a monolith. So some people might be like, Oh my God, this is too much information. And, you know, but some people might prefer sh more short and succinct photo descriptions, but I always err on a bit more because I guess someone can always just like click off if they don't want to read the whole thing. But if it's different, if there's only a couple of sentences, it's not like they can add more to it. Um, so I always try to just write a little bit more than uh, probably the average person might. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's interesting. No one, whereas, um the images that kelly's talking about it's just literally the visual transition translation of the main the main subject matter of the image right but for your photography and artistic work there's the literal image but then there's the artistic interpretation of the literal image um so you're kind of straddling the line between the two right to let people know what's there but also uh, ensure that the meaning is getting across right yeah and that can be i mean like i said it's kind of challenging because yeah on instagram i'm pretty sure it's 100 characters and like mm -hmm. that's not that much space. like you don't realize how little 100 characters is until you start to try and describe something in 100 characters because it's not 100 words it's 100 characters which includes punctuation and spaces and all of that um and if a picture is worth a thousand words that's uh, <laughs> a lot more than 100 characters yeah so it's it's like um it's like an extreme practice and brevity um but sometimes no matter how uh, eloquent you can try to be in 100 characters it, it just i feel like there's a lost a lot that gets lost in translation there um so I, yeah, I always err on just writing a really detailed photo description in the, in the post itself. Um, that's kind of what I've been doing. Nice. And Nolan, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but what are some of the barriers that uh, you've noticed or encountered with the adoption of alt text? Um, well, I guess I've noticed that it's not, at least on uh, Instagram, like it's not the most easily found, if that makes sense. Like it's not right in front of you. There's nothing that prompts you to, to write alt text. Um, for instance, when uh, I was showing someone how to even write alt text, they didn't even know where the button was to do it. And especially if you're doing it after the fact, um, you, you have to go into like the, the edit of the post and then like the advanced settings and then go into like editing old text. So it's kind of buried in the post itself. Um, and I think actually maybe, I think Instagram actually has now made it to where when you hit edit post, there is a small little icon in the corner of the post, but it's kind of like a light gray. Yeah. Um, 
and hard to see (laughs) it's not the easiest thing to see and like even for a while it wasn't even there so i think it's more of a new thing they did and even though it's there like i was showing someone it and they're like i never even noticed that 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 was there and i kept saying oh click on the on the alt text button right there in the corner and i had to like just actually do it for them look it's right there so i think you know it on something like instagram it's not it's there and and everything but it's not um easily found especially if people don't know what they're looking for um and i think you know i think as as far as addressing that or to making it easier uh having a platform prompt someone say hey oh you didn't include all text do you want to include all text in this post before they finish the post would be useful or just having a button that's not like totally faded out um would be useful um you know i I think there's a lot of small easy adjustments that could Mm -hmm. be made so that people utilize that um what's the word basically utilize that option more because right now unless it's something you're really aware of and looking for i don't even think most people realize it's there to be used and that's a great point nolan so in some ways there's a a technology barrier so that the the option is available right but it's Mm -hmm. not always uh, noticeable in where it's placed Mm-hmm. Uh, navigable or easy to find right so there there could be multiple steps and steps that aren't really necessary to complete the post it's an additional thing you have to do mm-hmm. and i think that goes into kelly um another barrier is if it's if it's hard to do and people don't know where to find it uh do people even know about alt text yeah i mean i know just you know, I don't know if I would have even known about alt text if I didn't work here before. Um, but, it, you know, like Nolan was saying, we use a, a, a scheduler uh, called Hootsuite that helps us schedule our social media posts. It's really helpful when you've got a lot of different social media channels. Um, I actually like Hootsuite a lot because for most of the platforms, they do give you the ability to add alt text. It is kind of like you have to go in and like edit the uh, image to add the alt text description but um they do make it like almost almost obvious so it's super helpful however instagram does not allow you to add alt text on their posts um so when i went uh we we first started our page you know i had set all the posts i didn't realize the instagram didn't allow it so i had to go in and edit it and the image i had was on a, a white background and like nolan was talking about the text is like a light gray or a white. So I'm sitting there reading the instructions, like trying to find this edit alt text button. You know, mm. like I was like, how am I missing this? So if I, you know, for the most part, pretty much know what I'm doing as far as alt text goes, and I'm having difficulty finding out how to do that, I could imagine somebody that's never used it before wouldn't even see that option. So they wouldn't even ask, what is alt text? You know, I'm a curious person. If I see a, a setting or a feature, I'll go, I'll Google it, I'll look it up and, you know, figure out what it is. But I think if it, you know, something more like uh, Twitter 
uh, where they actually have, you know, edit description, uh, I believe it says edit description at the bottom of your tweet, it makes it a lot more obvious and kind of prompts you, okay, what is this asking me to do? Right. And they might use it more often. Totally. Yeah, I, I think also, yeah, the easier easier and more streamlined something is the more likely people will use it so just having alt text be something that yeah like you're prompted with versus having to go dig around and find it if you can make something like super easy to use then more people will likely use that feature so i think like that's a big second nature you know yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, yeah, totally. Like, if you if you're there, you're gonna you're gonna, know, you're gonna use it more often. Um, the um, so you guys mentioned like how different your approaches are to all text. Um, why do you think that's really important to have like a um a re- resource on all text and a guide a guide or video or something like that? So, I'll say from my perspective, like even though I've been doing this for a long time, I still have questions about you know, what kind of uh, alt text people, like what details people find pertinent. Yeah, you know, my approach is more short and sweet, but if I'm going to write alt text for an image, what do people want to know about the image? You know, do you want to know what the person in the picture looks like? Or, you know, what gender the person is? Or, you know, just any of those small little details um, I think that that would be, you know, super helpful um, to just get some perspective on that. And then in addition, you know, there's a lot of guides on, you know, you go on the web, you look up alt text and there's like, okay, this is how you add alt text on Facebook. This is how you add it on Instagram. But the whole theory behind it, I feel like there isn't a lot of uh, content there that talks about like why alt text is important first of all and then also you know what what alt text is meaningful how how it adds meaning to uh whatever media you're looking at Mm -hmm. yeah i mean just echoing kind of what you said i think um it's important to create an alt text resource that doesn't just show you kind of the mechanical how-to but you know it kind of brings to light like why why it's important and who who's really going to be using it like okay so you know the the resource itself on the how-to and the why it's important you know that's for people from all different you know walks of life whether it is a business that wants to make their um their website more accessible or their post more accessible or a foundation or you know an organization of some kind all the way down to someone like me who is a content creator or an artist and wants people to access my work like the video series itself is really useful to that because I think something I've kind of learned through art and activism I feel like my work kind of straddles this thin line between the two um you know people people if if there's no like emotional element to your story if you're just spewing facts and informations and kind of uh, harping on something through the whole piece or story like a lot of people are going to tune out because there's no emotional connection to it 
And so I feel like even though there are all these how-tos, there's never like the why and who it's really affecting and how it's important not to just do this so your business can make more money or you can reach a wider audience from like a purely capitalistic standpoint. It's also like this human element where it's like, you know, you'd hope there would be a more altruistic element to it where people just inherently want to make their images and what they're doing more accessible for the sake of making something accessible for like the good of other people. Um, And so, yeah, I feel like a resource that really dives into that and you hear, you know, why it's important from the community itself to have that and what it adds to their experience on a platform. Like, I think you're going to get a lot more traction with people using it because, you know, if you hear it, like from someone directly saying, yo, this is how it impacts my, my life and my experience, then, you know, you're going to like see a more human side to it instead of just, oh, this is just another um, thing that I have to do because maybe, you know, um, I don't know. Like I said, maybe it's, it's, it's not from like any other motivation than, than wanting to just make your work more accessible. And I think if you appeal to that, emotional side more than people will just want to do it out of the good of like i just want people to be able to read this instead of like some other motive they might have um and so yeah like i think the resource itself is used for like all the people i said but i really think it's important to include the why and add that Mm -hmm. human connection to it so that it hits people more and they'll be more inclined to use it because I know for me, like, I'm way more likely to utilize something or use something if I really know how it's affecting someone in the real world versus just being thrown a bunch of statistics. And, you know, you should do this because, you know, whatever. It's it's popular right now to be inclusive and accessible in society. So you should just do it so that people don't, like, drag you on social media or something for not being accessible. Like your motivation shouldn't be not to get dragged or something like that. Like it should be just to make your work uh, more accessible to people. So, yeah. And Nolan, I, I certainly appreciate you and Kelly both highlighting the, the why, um, why is it helpful? Why is it important? Why does it benefit a water wider, broader audience uh, but I also like Kelly's point about the what, like there are plenty of things online to tell you, or excuse me, not the what, but the how, how to do alt text. But depending on what version of the app or what platform you're on, one mm-hmm. update later, and that how-to could be out of date, right? Mm. So uh, one thing I wanted to ask you though, Nolan, is who do you think in the audience for a project like this should be? who's the audience that a resource like this should try to reach? I mean, in an ideal world, it would reach, I think I touched on this a little bit before, but it would reach people from, you know, like I said, the, the everyday, like John Doe who uses Instagram to share his family pictures and like connect with family members that don't live in the same town or whatever, you know, ideally everyone would use it. Right. Um, so that's like best case scenario is like the audience is everyone. 
and everyone uses alt text and it's you know but i think like i said i mean the main inspiration for me to use this was the fact that i had um businesses and uh nonprofits reaching out to me to how to use this stuff um or to know how to use this stuff and um you know i'm i would be very surprised if they didn't like do their their research before reaching out to me or anything like that but i mean i think it goes all the way from businesses and nonprofits down to people like me content creators especially people who are visual artists i think it's especially important because you know we that that we rely so heavily on imagery there's you know, I, I do incorporate writing into my work and so many other visual artists do. But when you are a visual artist or you are a brand that relies so heavily on, on imagery, you know, it, it is important for you to, to make your work as accessible as possible because there are millions of people out there who have no idea what you're doing. Um, and like I said, I think there's two motivations there. There's that one motivation that i guess comes from more like a capitalistic kind of promotional standpoint like i need to get the biggest audience so more people know what i'm doing so you know i can get the word out and be better off or whatever but then like i said i guess for me my approach like my inspiration for this was more of just um you know i just want my work to be accessible and i can't i guess now that i've kind of understand that it makes me just want to help other people understand that um, because I feel like if they really understood how important it was to millions of people, then they would take the time to, to use these resources that are there. Um, so, yeah, I think, I don't know, I guess, yeah, the audience, yeah, hopefully the audience could be anyone who's interested, but I know that off the bat, a lot of, um, organizations and brands and businesses would would utilize it and i really am sure that a lot of people who are visual artists would would utilize it too what do you think about that kelly i mean i i, I agree you know it, it would be nice if it was all of the above i mean i know everyone uh, yeah. everybody yeah. <laughs> you know uh for this specific project you know we probably will tailor our audience a bit more but you know i know um like a lot of people use social media it's so ingrained in our society nowadays and I can just imagine you know using uh assistive technology to scroll through your Facebook feed and you have picture after picture after picture that you have no idea what people are posting it must be incredibly frustrating and I would love to make it so that you know, everybody has the same experience as everybody else, you know, it's all accessible for everyone so that, you know, you're getting the same information as somebody that's using assistive technology. Um, you know, the, the good thing is, is in this day and age, especially with a lot of bigger organizations, um, you know, having accessible media is definitely becoming more important. That's definitely not to say that, um, you know, certain organizations don't utilize alt text or other accessible media. We found that, you know, as mentioned before, Clark, many times before, uh, whether it be people making videos about or for people who are blind that don't use, um, 
you know, audio description. Um, so you have no idea what's happening in the video yet. This video is marketed for people who are blind. Mm. Uh, so, you know, the, the one day I hope that everybody will use, uh, alt text and, you know, make their, their media accessible, but, uh, for, for our, for our purposes, I think, mm -hmm. you know, we definitely want to focus on organizations and, you know, people who have public, you know, profiles like Nolan, you know, he's got his own Instagram page that he uses to uh, increase awareness for his artwork. So it would be great to see other people, uh, other professionals in the art world who are utilizing alt text um, because that's their platform to make themselves known and to to show off their work. So definitely would say professionals and organizations for sure. Mm -hmm. That's a great point, Kelly. I think ACB, we certainly have some some street cred and credibility in this space, right? Certainly with audio description. I think many of our listeners know about the audio description project. And if not, please visit adp.acb.org. Um, and you can always learn more and tune in November 18th for the AD Awards Gala, uh, the first ever hosted by ACB. Quick plug there. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, we've got some experience in this space with image descriptions. Uh, it's at ACB, along with the University of Hawaii, the National Park Service, and Google, have been providing uh, image descriptions and descriptions for the national park brochures. And it's a great collaboration between mm. ACB members and staff from the National Park Service. You know, your local ranger, Rick, uh, who go through this program, these descriptathons, and it's our members working in conjunction with the park rangers to provide image descriptions for photos, paintings, portraits, and even maps that are contained within these brochures. So I think organizationally, we have the, mm -hmm. the expertise to, to help bring a, a project like this forward. But we certainly want to hear from our our members. I know we've got plenty of creative folks out there as well as uh, technology folks. So if you all, if this is something that you are interested in trying to make an, an alt text resource you know, for the masses, uh, let us know. Send us an email at advocacy at acb.org. Um, we certainly want to work with our committees and affiliates so we can have true representation and buy-in from the membership as well. But we love to hear what folks think about uh, ACB taking on a, a project of this nature. And before we go here though, Nolan, uh, Kelly mentioned your uh, you know, public profile on Instagram. You manage a page called Everyday Disabled. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, so... Uh, okay, so a little bit of context as to what Everyday Disabled is. So before there was Everyday Disabled, there was this, there is a page called Everyday Africa. And it was basically started from a photographer pair and a writer pair. So Austin was a writer, Peter was a photographer, and they were working, I believe in Liberia at the time. Um, and they just saw how 
you know, mass media was portraying what was happening there. And if you had watched the media, you would just think the whole entire country was an uphill upheaval and disaster. And there was war everywhere. But the reality was, is the, what was the conflict was happening in one really small region of the country. Um, and so what they saw was like, what they saw on an everyday basis was much different. Um, and so they wanted to change the perception of like what was happening there by showing, you know, pictures like instead of like, you know, violence and war and extreme poverty and death and all, sickness and all this stuff, they would say, yeah, that's, that's happening. But there's also like a family hanging out at the beach, like drinking smoothies or something. And there's uh, young people going on dates at the movie theater and, and stuff like that too. Um, so anyway, that basically like rolled, like got a lot of attention. And now there's a ton of different everyday pages. Like for instance, there's everyday Africa, which was the first one and everyday Middle East and everyday Brazil. And there's even become more niche ones like everyday Muslim Americans. Um, so basically what the everyday pages are used for is kind of like, you know, it exists for people to show what the everyday life is like within a certain community versus like what the mass media might portray about it. So for instance, I was looking through the everyday pages and I realized there was no everyday disabled. Um, and so I reached out to Austin and uh, I said, look, I want to start this page and be like an affiliate of you all. Um, and so they said, yeah, this is a great idea. This was, um, oh man, 2019, like early 2019. So that's when it first started. Um, and basically at first it was just me like taking more of like a, I guess it was more of an activist role. I was still posting mostly my photos um, as a way to like highlight more of a direct disability rights angle versus like my personal page, which was like more artistic and personal and stuff like that. Um, and then slowly and surely I started to get different contributors to go onto the page, um, which I think is a really big, important part of the everyday disabled pages the community itself. Um, that's what it's really about. So, you know, I've had people on uh, the last uh, everyday everywhere or everyday disabled takeover was a photographer and friend of mine who has Tourette's. And so he took over for a whole week and posted a bunch of images from his thesis project about like his life with Tourette's. And then at the end of that week, we did like an Instagram live interview so me and him got on live together and we, I just talked to him about his work and what he's trying to do. And then we had like a and a afterwards. And that was really cool. Um, we've had other people on there, like my friend uh, Joey, who's also a photographer, who um, he has a lot of uh, mental health uh, disabilities. So he got on and really talked about for his whole takeover, really talked about mental health. Um, you know, we've had uh, another guest contributor. Elias, who photographed a group of people on Roosevelt Island called the Open Doors um, a Collective. They're like an artist collective of uh, wheelchair users. So really, Everyday Disabled is a place for the entire disabled community, like all-encompassing, to come. And it's really for photographers, artists, and anyone else who has a connection to any disability 
whether it's through like their lived or personal experience or working, even working experience. Um, so really, I just I created it with the hope that it would be a platform for other disabled artists to come on and kind of be able to, um, you know, speak their truth about like whatever disability they may have, because there's just so much um, misinformation about disability and misunderstanding and confusion and people really i think of of all the communities out there i really feel like the disabled community is one of the most like ostracized and misunderstood communities like ever um so so i feel like yeah question for you how many blind and visually impaired uh content creators have you had take over everyday disabled i have had zero so far and i definitely want to change that um so that was my other thing is that um i haven't been on everyday disabled in a while and so like all most of the posts on everyday disabled don't have all text or photo descriptions which like i said i mean i wasn't it wasn't something i even like really thought about from like like a a standpoint until you and i like started having conversations so it would be great to to have some artists with visual impairments get on and take over everyday disabled and do instagram lives and I think that was actually even in the first email I wrote you, I was saying we should do like a Instagram live thing on everyday disabled as a way to like highlight it or create some awareness around alt text and and photo captions and stuff. So, um, you know, it's been a learning, it's been, honestly, it's been a learning experience for me too, as someone in the disabled community who, yeah, came in as, uh, thinking about disability in a very narrow way as, uh, you know ambulatory and wheelchair using because that's that was my reality so that's really like mostly how I thought about disability and then as I've gotten deeper and deeper into the community I've realized you know I don't want my work to just be accessible to to wheelchair users like universal accessibility is really what I'm after and so that includes yeah people with visual impairments as well and and mental uh disabilities and and every cognitive disabilities and everything so yeah it's this kind of evolving growing organism that still is i would say in its fledgling stages i haven't um had a ton of time to dedicate it's definitely a full-time project um and so it's definitely been a little bit on the back burner for me in the past few months but um yeah i'd love i want to expand it to be uh to include everybody. So yeah, I guess if anyone out there is listening to this, whether it's live or recording and you want to reach out to be a creator or to do a takeover, we'd love to, to have you. Um, so you could find us on Instagram at everyday disabled, or you could email us at everyday disabled at gmail.com. Um, and that would be a good way to, um, yeah, just pitch your idea of what you'd want to do. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's what everyday disabled is. And I, I probably should put more time into expanding it. Um, but yeah, that's that. I think that that's a, a great way to bring more visibility to the disability community. So thank you for starting the everyday, uh, disabled page, but also I think having somebody who's blind or experiencing vision loss, uh, do a takeover or do a, a live interview on everyday disabled is a great way to bring more visibility 
to this issue. So folks, please take Nolan up on his offer and reach out to Everyday Disabled on Instagram or contact him. And what was that email address again, Nolan? It's everydaydisabled at gmail.com. So yeah, I check it like once or twice a week. Um, So yeah, if you have ideas or proposals or you just even want to reach out and just talk about something like that's cool too. I I really want to see um, the page, you know, grow and and become more accessible. Cause like I said, you know, up up until our last few posts, there are no alt texts and there are no photo descriptions. Um, So it's something that, like I said, has been growing and evolving as my understanding of disability has been growing and evolving. So I definitely want as much help in, in making it as universally accessible as possible. And Nolan, we appreciate you reaching out to ACB to, uh, to share with us and engage with us and collaborate with us on making uh, social media and visual content more accessible. Um, we look forward to working with you on this. And folks, please take us up on this offer. If this is something that's interested, interesting to you or you have thoughts on social media accessibility, please reach out to Swatha and me at advocacy at acb.org and we're interested to see how this this project evolves um, any final thoughts swatha yeah just reach out to us it'd be great it'd be great to hear from you about what you would what you, what you should, we should be on so yeah sounds mm-hmm. great so again nolan and kelly thanks for your time here today and we look forward to working with you on this project cool Thank yeah thanks for having us clark And Swatha will close by saying what we always say. Keep advocating. This episode of the ACB Advocacy Update has been made possible in part through the support of ACB of Minnesota. ACBM wants to send along heartfelt greetings to all of its family throughout the ACB community. Having hosted two outstanding and invigorating ACB national conventions, they are committed to expanding opportunity for Americans who are blind and visually impaired. ACBM supports the James R. Olson Memorial Scholarship honoring one of its past members, and they continue to not let life during these challenging times slow down. ACBM invites all to their informative bi-monthly community conference calls, ranging on everything from sports and technology to gardening and loving life in the land of 10,000 lakes. They hold quarterly monthly membership meetings, monthly coffee gatherings, and monthly board meetings. To learn more about ACBM, visit their website at www acbminnesota.org or call 612-223-5543. ACBM, a supporter of the ACB Media Network.